This is the Ultra Running History Podcast. I'm your host, Davey Crockett. Thanks. Thanks for coming. This is episode four. I will tell the story about the 1963 50-mile frenzy when tens of thousands of people took to the roads to try to walk 50 miles in 20 hours. And now a word from our sponsors. Guess what? I released another book that I think you will really enjoy. What? Grand Canyon Rim-to-Rim History. It is a must-read for anyone who has run rim-to-rim or plans to in the Grand Canyon. It presents a 130-year history of the rim-to-rim hikers, runners, trails, bridges, Phantom Ranch, and other things you will see on your run, packed with more than 400 photos. You will read about the plane that landed near Indian Garden. I'm sorry, what? The man who rode his bike across the canyon, and dozens of early experiences crossing the canyon during the early days. I scoured through thousands of old newspaper articles to write this book. Get Grand Canyon Rim-to-Rim History on Amazon. Will do. Prior to the 1960s, most of the ultra runners participating in races were professionals. It was a spectator sport. The general public never had serious thoughts that they too could run ultra distances. President John F. Kennedy unintentionally played an important role that provided the spark to ignite interest for ultra running in America. The door was flung open for all who wanted to challenge themselves. An unexpected 50-mile craze swept across the U.S. like a raging fire that dominated the newspapers for weeks. The resulting 50-mile craze also gave birth to the oldest American ultra, the JFK 50, in Maryland. In 1960, as Kennedy ran for president, he campaigned with a goal to improve the nation's physical health. Once he was in office, he made improved physical fitness a priority for the nation. A country uh, is as strong, really, as its citizens. And I think that mental and physical health, mental and physical vigor, go hand in hand. I hope that uh, we will not find a day in the United States when all of us are spectators, except for a few who are out on the field. I hope all Americans will be on the field. In 1961, a fit-as-a-fiddle newsreel was produced targeting youth. I would like to ask all of you a very important question. What does physical fitness mean to you? Raymond? It's how well we play ball. Steve? It's how strong our muscles are. Joan? It's the kind of food we eat and the amount of sleep we get. Janice? I think it's the condition of our body. Well, it all has something to do with sunshine, fresh air, and cleanliness. Yes, it has something to do with all of these things. Also that year, 200,000 copies of a song called Chicken Fat was sent to all schools that included the lyrics, Nuts to the flabby guys, go, you chicken fat, go away. Push up every morning, ten times push up, starting low. Once more on the rise, nuts to the flabby guys. No, you chicken fat, go away. Go, you chicken fat, go away.
Detroit officials banned the song, judging the lyrics to be in bad taste for children. There was also resistance to the idea of exercising to music. President Kennedy discovered that back in 1908, President Theodore Roosevelt issued an executive order that every Marine captain and lieutenant should be able to hike 50 miles in 20 hours. Kennedy asked his Marine Commandant, David M. Shoup, to see, quote, how well our present-day officers can perform the test specified. Shoup would select 10 captains and 10 lieutenants to take the test in North Carolina. An Associated Press article published the story of the 50-mile test on February 5, 1963. It received intense national attention. Kennedy never directly challenged America to take the 50-mile challenge, only the Marines, but the article caused many to be inspired across the country. They were eager to test themselves, too. Naive, untrained citizens immediately decided to hit the road without much planning and to undertake the challenge in the middle of the cold winter. On the very evening after the article was published, Lieutenant Colonel James W. Tuma, stationed near Tucson, Arizona, read the article and within minutes decided to do a 50-mile hike through the desert. Within a couple hours, he was away, hiking through the night. The next morning, he finished his 50 miles in a time of 13 and a half hours. He was credited as being the very first one to finish the 50-mile challenge as the nationwide craze took fire. A national article reported, quote, From coast to coast, Americans were on the march this weekend, showing President Kennedy that Americans indeed can march 50 miles or more. A former professional football player for the Green Bay Packers, who was a doctor, called the 50-mile hikes foolhardy. Attorney General Robert F. Kennedy decided to take the challenge himself and hike 50 miles. He set off with his dog and a few aides. Conditions were cold with snow and slush. After 25 miles, the group was ready to give up. But the press caught wind of what Kennedy was doing, and a helicopter arrived soon with photographers and journalists. So Kennedy continued on and reached 50 miles in 17 hours, 50 minutes, accomplished in a pair of leather Oxford dress shoes. <laughs> in Okinawa, Japan, Harold Dent of Nebraska decided to go for 100 miles. He finished his 100-mile run in an amazing 16 hours, 42 minutes, and 48 seconds. This would be the first known sub-20-hour 100-miler for an American in the modern post-war era. It would be the unofficial 100-mile American record for the next eight years. A 26-year-old mother of three from Lincoln, Nebraska, Pauline Domico, set off on her own 50-mile hike from Lincoln to the Missouri River one afternoon. She called it her March to Missouri and carried a 20-pound duffel bag with a change of clothes, shoes, flashlight, candy bars, and sandwiches. She was continually offered rides. She completed her hike in 20 hours and was the first known woman to complete the 50-mile hike challenge that February. She said she wasn't an athlete, but was instead inclined to piano playing, reading, sewing, baking, and writing poetry. Her first request when she finished was for a comb. <laughs> Children didn't want to be left out. Two little boys aged 6 and 7 from Florida set off on their own 50-mile hike without permission. They would reach 18 miles. For food, they ate oranges laying on the ground near the road. 
After about five hours, their mothers returned home from work, found the boys missing, and called the police. They searched and searched, and finally the mothers found the boys walking along the highway. One of the boys received a roadside spanking. The mothers then took the boys to the police station to teach them a lesson. The largest and most widely publicized 50-mile hike took place in Marin County, California. The event became known as the Great Marin County Hike. It was organized very quickly by Jim Tropman, the Redwood High School student body president. 400 students from various schools started from Redwood High School at Larkspur. They would attempt to hike to Point Reyes Station and back a distance of 50 miles. The kids showed up for the hike wearing brightly cut off jeans or brightly colored Bermuda shorts, sweatsuits, football jerseys, army helmets, ski caps, and straw hats. The staff physician for the Redwood High protested the event, saying that it could be a killer effort and cause heart or lung damage to the students if they pressed themselves too hard. Heart and lungs didn't turn out to be the problem. Blisters did. The road became dotted with shoes which were discarded by many blistered hikers who preferred to struggle forward barefoot. Now everybody is doing it, including these Marin County, California high school students. Fifty miles can seem an infinity when you are obviously not used to walking any further than to the nearest automobile or bus. Four members of two track teams finished first in 12 hours and 8 minutes. One said, we are pretty pooped. 40 finished within 16 hours and others straggled in later. In all, 97 completed the 50 miles in less than 20 hours. 78 boys and 19 girls. On February 12, 1963, the official marine hike in North Carolina began. Brigadier General R.M. Tompkins led 34 young soldiers on the hike. Some of the men were told to report only the day before. They marched in helmets and carried 25-pound packs. At the official start, one man shouted from the ear, Blast off! Each man was on his own and needed to circle a 25-mile course twice at any speed he desired. Early in the march, General Tompkins smiled. But as the hours passed, his face stiffened into a frown as he battled pain from his leg that was badly wounded in a combat at Saipan. Lieutenant Donald Bernath of Ohio was the first person to cross the finish line in 11 hours and 44 minutes. His advice at the finish was, quote, stay in shape and get out from behind that desk. Sadly, a year later, Bernath lost his life when his jet crashed while training in Mississippi. General Tompkins finished ninth in 18 hours, two minutes. He beat 25 other officers. Where does the JFK 50 fit into all this? Here's the early beginnings of that historic race. In Maryland, the Cumberland Valley Athletic Club planned a 50-mile hike on the Appalachian Trail and the CNO towpath as part of the 50-mile craze. Unlike the hundreds of other 50-mile events held in 1963, young club members trained for this planned event. William Buzz Sawyer, the club leader, organized and founded the event and said that the young club members were, quote, supposed to be in good shape, and that's what I intend to find out. 
The run was called the CVAC 50 in 1963 and was a private club event that first year. One runner recalled, quote, There was absolutely no race component to it. It was just, can we do it? The CVAC hikers would travel very light, carrying only a supply of band-aids and a sandwich or two. Rick Miller, a sophomore in high school, dressed in khaki pants, a button-down shirt, and carried a bag lunch. All but three of the entrants were high school students. On March 30th, 1963, 11 starters left at 6 a.m. Only four finished, all in 13 hours, 10 minutes. Sawyer was one of them. The other finishers were young high school boys aged 16 and 17. Sawyer said there was no plan for any more 50-mile hikes in the future. With President Kennedy's assassination on November 22, 1963, all the momentum for walking and running 50 miles died with him. The morning country turned its attention to the strife of the tumultuous 1960s. Walks turned into civil rights marches. Other long marches took place in Vietnam. One can only wonder if Kennedy had lived, would have ultra-running continued to catch on as a national participation sport? Or either way, was it a one-year passing fad? There was one lone exception. In Maryland, the young CBAC runners went to Buzz Sawyer and asked if they could do the 50-miler again in 1964. Sawyer said, quote, The kids kept it going. Because this event had an organized structure behind it with the CBAC, the 50-miler lived on while all other events disappeared. In 1964, the second annual CBAC 50-mile hike was again held and was also called the John F. Kennedy 50-mile hike. It was still a private club event, but in 1966, anyone was welcome to participate, and they were joined by a couple of local runners. Instructions included, quote, Everyone is advised to consume a big breakfast, and it is up to the individual when and where he pauses for a snack or drink of water. Last year, some of the club members' parents set up a refreshment stand, and there are stores along the route where hikers can stop. Some carry canteens of water with them. 1968 saw the first female finisher, Donna Acoth, who tied for second overall with 10 hours, 41 minutes. She had been training with the all-male CBAC. Donna would go on to be the women's champion every year through 1973. That first year, she didn't hang around the finish very long because she had a date that evening and said her, quote, hair was a mess. In 1969, the race became a big-time race with 153 entrants and 40 finishers. By 1972, there were more than 1,000 starters, and their race attracted the most elite ultra runners in the country. Legendary ultra runner Park Barner won in 6 hours 29 minutes. In 1973, the starting field was 1,724, the largest ultra marathon ever held in U.S. history. The JFK 50 was well established and would live on for decades. And it all started back in 1963 when there were hundreds of 50-mile events with thousands of people who were inspired by President Kennedy's challenge to the Marines. The frenzy only lasted a few months, but one lone race remained as a reminder of the impactful several months when America hiked. 
With that, this is Davy Crockett, and this is the Ultra Running History Podcast. I hope you run fast and far, enjoy life, get outdoors, and most of all, stay safe and don't take unnecessary chances. Thank you.